Welcome to Making More Money for You with Magnus Carter. Whether you feel that you don't have enough money to start investing or are under the preconceived notion that investing is only for the wealthy, Magnus and his expert guests are here to help you. Now here is your host, Magnus Carter. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Magnus Carter. Uh, we are on Voice America on the business channel. Uh Last week, we had a phenomenal guest uh, for half the show, and it's a, one of the major topics that we've been talking about with about finding to find a job or is it to change careers or is it time to actually ask for that raise. So my host last week was Harley <clears throat> from Genesis 10. We went over some basic things to go over and to actually look for to see if it's actually time to move on or actually time to move up, which brings us to a phenomenal and very large subject that we're going to talk about today on the show. We're going to talk about retirement. When is it a really good time to retire? And what what are some of the things we need to retire? Today, I have a very special guest that's been in the retirement planning services, uh, Gary Sirak. And he uh, is the president of Sirak Financial Services. Uh, Gary, welcome to the show. Uh, Thank you, Magnus. Pleasure to be here. Oh, excellent. You know, uh, I'm sure you've seen a lot of things that happen over the years and uh, especially this time of the year. Um, can you give us a little bit of insight what you've seen and uh, some of your specialties and knowledge in this area? Well, I, I've been working in the financial service industry for 40 plus years and the baby boomers are definitely in retirement mode. There's no question in my mind. They're looking at retirement aggressively. They're trying to decide if this is the right time. Do they work a few more years? And what I'm noticing, which is interesting, is they're starting to ask much younger, maybe five years younger than they used to start talking about this. Uh, That is very unique. Oh, wow. That uh, What makes it so unique now, since all of these people are starting to retire now, uh, what does that mean for the jobs and the industry in itself? Oh, I think we're I think we're in for a real setback because we're losing some amazing talent. I mean, I, I'm just thinking one of my practices. Recording stopped. So, so I have a doctor practice that I've always done with physicians, and what I'm finding is a number of them have decided to hang it up. And what's happening is I don't think the replacement physicians are in are really uh, on track to help because there's thousands of patients that are going to be turned loose. And I don't see the population picking them up, and I'm not sure where that's going to come from. That is definitely a problem that I see. Okay, well, I'm, I'm sure that medical industry, uh, the medical industry, uh, I did work in that field for a little bit of time, and I do understand the frustrations that are actually happening there now. And since the things that happened in the last couple of years has definitely changed the dynamic and and um, landscape for that area. No question. And so that's an area I see. The other side is there's an element of my clients that are older, I would say technician kind of people who really have skill sets that are very unique and they're ready to retire, but the workforce behind them isn't strong enough right now to take over what they're doing. It's it's caused problems. I was with one of them today for a couple hours and we were discussing exactly that, that there's it's hard to get them up to speed to let them understand exactly what they know and and really get them trained properly. Okay. Well, let's go back to the other side of the coin here. The people that are starting to retire, why did they choose this time to start retiring? I think the pandemic certainly put a, a 
damper on some things. I think that they just decided, okay, life's short. I'm going to start living it. And I believe that's a big part of this. I think that really is a critical piece, quite frankly. And that's why I see some of the younger generation, 60-year-olds talking to me about retiring and, and literally hanging it up and saying, okay, I have all these plans. I want to do these things. I want to get at it. And who knows, with what happened in the last three years, maybe my time's shorter than I think. I'm going to take advantage. Okay. That's there's nothing wrong with that. That is, uh, everybody is looking towards retirement, uh, no matter if it's you're just starting out in your field or if you're midway through or changing careers. What are some of the que- what are some of the questions that you've seen from some of your clients that actually you answer like on a daily basis that you pretty much have a cheat sheet? It's like okay, you're gonna ask this question and then these questions follow. Well, the the first one is always about money. <laughs> I mean, as you can imagine. Everybody wants to know where they are financially. So we go through their math and we figure it out. And I always ask them for a budget. And I will say that the percentage of those that have a budget are about 5%. Most of the people are pretty clueless about really spending a month. And, you know, and it's okay because you're making enough money. You don't have to pay that much attention. But in retirement, all of a sudden you have to start paying attention And so I try and kind of wake them up to that, that now's a really good time to start thinking about what are you really spending? And then you can do the math and see what they have coming in, their different assets, whether it's Social Security, 401k, IRA, assets outside, real estate, doesn't matter what it is. It's just math at that point. So we figure that out. But here's a question I ask them that just stuns them. And this is something they haven't planned for. And so my favorite question is, please tell me what your first day is, your first week, your first month, your first year of retirement. Describe that. Those are, okay. They might get through the first week. And, <laughs> and, and then they're pretty clueless. Oh, I'm going to go on vacation for a month to Italy. I said, well, cool, I'd like to go with you. But no, realistically, they don't have this figured out. They've spent more time figuring out their vacation Magnus, and they have their retirement. And these retirements, some of the clients of mine, 26, 30 years they're living, and that's a long time, mm-hmm. and there's been no planning. Wow. That's, yeah, because you can't really go back. Well, you can go back to work, but all the money that you saved, have you seen a lot of people without the plan or, or budgeting go through their retirement like within five years, three years oh, or less? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I, I've seen them. Yeah. I think my worst is two years. I, I watched the guy burn through two years of income and he's back working, of course, because he's got to eat. But he blew through everything. He, he just made some crazy decisions. I have no idea what he was thinking about. And then I see people that have really figured this out and <clears throat> their money lasts them their whole life. They, they were just smarter about it and more diligent and, and actually thought through what they were doing and why they were doing it. So, some of my impulsive clients have uh, impulsed themselves right back to work. So. <laughs> uh, well, you mentioned quite a few things before of income streams that we that can happen while while actually in the workforce, uh, the four hundred one k, the the pensions, uh, um, you know, stocks, bonds. Is it better to have a variety of streams of income or to have everything all in one? Oh, I'm a huge fan of a number of buckets. I, I okay. Like so if you give me a real estate bucket, a 401k bucket, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fan of that. And the reason is because I think it just gives you more comfort and, and more security 
that all your eggs aren't in one basket. Mm -hmm. And I think that's always a a good thing to have. I I really find that people who are so narrowly focused on one stock and dependent on one company, I don't care how good they are, are going to be stressed because that's the real world. I mean, if you're really tied to one thing and that one's not in your control, that's pretty tough. I agree. There's actually Especially since a lot of people are starting to invest a lot of their harder money in the crypto market, which you can't really use that for retirement. It's it's nice, but uh, in all honesty, in my opinion, and what I've seen in my experiences, that is not one of the ones that you want to use as a bucket. Uh, That would be a bucket with a hole in it, (laughs) a fairly large hole in it. I mean, it could work, and it may work, and that's great, but. Boy, that's not on my recommendation list whatsoever. <laughs> it's, it's like someone, what do you think about Vegas? And I said, well, I really like the food and the shows. And they said, what about gambling? And I said, well, I'm not much of a gambler. And they said, well, we were going to take some of our retirement money and go to Vegas. And I said, well, if you're treating it as a vacation, that's great. If you're treating it because you think you're going to make money, probably not a great idea. Okay. That's definitely worth looking. Um, not even going to Las Vegas or even gambling on scratch-offs, the lottery, um, any of that. You can't really you can't count on it uh hardly yeah hardly. They, <laughs> for them to win and you not to and i just say wow beautiful buildings and somebody paid for those and they did so probably not a good strategy magnus <laughs> okay well a lot of a lot of uh i have a lot of younger listeners that are just getting in the door first their first job second job third job the a lot of companies are just offering 401ks now now, when starting to invest in the 401k, do you go towards whatever, uh, like the highest amount that they'll match, or do you go below that? Or how can you gauge the best um, best tool to gauge how much to put aside when just first starting out? So we do a lot with 401ks and have for my whole career. And I've always been a huge fan of going to the match. And, and that's really what I lean towards. So if somebody's offering you 50 cents on the dollar, 6%, I'm going to have you match them all the way dollar for dollar until they're not matching any longer. And I think that's a great strategy and perfect world. You'll match them. You'll build that up. You'll have some other assets on the side that aren't tied to your 401k because you want some flexibility in life. And the 401k is great, except it doesn't give you that much flexibility. You've got to be 59 and a half to touch it. And with these are taking a loan. So I like some other products on the side that will help you do that. Okay. Uh, let's stay a little bit more with this because it, it is the most predominant one out there because that's what pretty much all the employers are matching. Uh, pensions have been very rare or, or a thing in the past now with, with new companies and with new, new hires with the 401k. Do you notice if it's better, there's always the option of doing pre-tax and post-tax. Boy, can we, can I, we love I, I am a huge fan of the 401k. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, you don't get a deduction now, but all the growth you get and you avoid the income tax, which who will know what those will be in the future. Uh, it's hard for me to say they're going to be less, mm-hmm. but I guess I could be wrong about that. But months of that is a Roth 401k option is a really nice option. And I'm a fan of that. If you can take advantage of that, I'm I'm supportive. Okay. Well, besides one K, what else could you like? Um, someone that's just starting their family. What could you? What product would you recommend 
that yeah so there's a lot of different things i mean Mm -hmm. if someone's starting a family one of the first things i ask them about is their life insurance because that's really important you you know you have a family you have two kids and you have a mortgage and you have a good job but something happens to you how much death benefit do you have to protect your family i think that's a really important question um that's probably one of the most important things i ask the second thing i want to know is what's their disability insurance what kind of disability insurance do you have? I, I want to build a platform that protects them. And, and I went into the investment side. You don't have the protection side first, and you just have the investment side. You're, you're kind of gambling. And that's not a gamble that I prefer to make. I've seen too many things in my career that went against the odds. Okay. Let's put it that way. Yes, this day and age, anything can happen at any time. And it's always, it's always been like that. And a lot of people, I agree with you, people overlook that. Uh, I just recently took up an, a new hobby. I, I'm scuba diving. So I looked into, I talked to a friend that actually sells insurance about, about that, what I actually need to be covered for. And also I looked into my health insurance, which is another thing that we have to look into because after, after working, you got to make sure that the doctor's bills need to get paid or, you know, quality of life deteriorate deteriorates uh, totally and it's funny i i have a that's going to start flying now and decline and he wants to buy a new life insurance and it's going to cost him more money because he's a brand new pilot and it'll take him some time to get a number of hours to get that price reduced to a lower number the scuba diving and that was all about how deep you're going to go and what kind of diving you're going to do and so that was really a kind of a different um cost structure and actually not bad at all if it's done properly so those are things you got to pay attention to and i i have another guy that rock climbs in colorado and we just got his policy issued and that was very interesting because he's a serious rock climber he go up high and i was sort of floored at what he does i said boy um yeah anyway um they they took a look at that and they were very careful how they underwrote him so those are things that happen in that world but if we go back to money, once you have those bases covered, the life insurance, the disability, I, I'm all for mutual funds. I'm a big fan of those. And I think if you dollar cost average in over time, <clears throat> you're going to win. I, I mean, if you buy a good fund family, and there are plenty of them out there, and you know, there's all kinds of families, too many probably, but do your homework and see something that fits. You know, I, I have a tent air on the side of moderate. I'm not very aggressive. <laughs> okay. So that's kind of where I lean. Okay. I, I did that too. Um, uh, that actually sprung this whole, the whole radio show and whatnot is I actually have a book about budgeting uh, for newer, newer family members who are just starting out in the workforce of, of budgeting and investing in mutual funds to getting it, anybody can do it. it. It's not just for anybody that has like thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars around that little the little bit of money that we see now that we put away you know grows greatly in the future uh, absolutely and and i'm a huge fan of that and and to me dollar cost averaging into a mutual fund over time is you know if you just pick a reasonable fund it doesn't have to be the mm-hmm. best fund in the planet because i don't even know what that would be you're going to do really well over time and so i i agree with you 100 percent. i think that's a great strategy oh excellent uh that's that's one of the great things about actually talking with someone of, of your caliber that's been in this industry for over 40 years. And you you constantly see it changing. 
you know, there's new products coming out. There's products that are being discontinued. Uh, people's lifestyle changes. When you're doing the planning and whatnot, how far out do you plan for your first client? And how often do you have to reevaluate? Well, it's very interesting. I try and do annual meetings. And again, lately, a lot of them have been Zoom. Uh, I have a lot of clients all over the country. So those are my major. <laughs> I don't have to travel. I'm good with that. But what happens is we try and stick up uh, at least some numbers up on the screen once a year because everybody needs where they're seeing. This last year especially has been uh, worth having conversation because the market's been anything but stable. Mm -hmm. It's good for them to know. And my sense is with retirement, my clients that are retired, we definitely want to have a good a good grip on where they are. So we need to know if they're spending too much, if they're not spending enough and that happens all the time kind of floors me how many times they um they're spending uh it's really funny they underspend dramatically they underspend so that means they have a surplus that's still sitting uh wherever they're keeping their money what does how does their the quality of life how, is it better or is it worse when they find out that they're underspending it's absolutely when they're underspending it's because they're not living the quality of life they should live or could live and so it's an education process and we have to encourage them to spend some of their money because if they don't their kids are going to um all the, <laughs> yeah all the things they didn't do their kids are going to do that that's what i tell them i said listen it's really nice of you not joining a club but your kids are going to join the club anyway or that cruise you didn't do your kids will do the cruise they'll just do it on your dollar so i i think it's really important to evaluate that the other thing is a lot of people if they don't do the proper planning, will make their retirement fund their life insurance, if that makes sense. That'll mm -hmm. be their backup plan. And that prevents them from spending that. It, it really puts a, a big um, hindrance on that because they're so paranoid about running out of money. That That is a fact. And well, is it, have you seen since when they get in the, the retirement mindset is, are they afraid to go back to work afterwards? Or, or does that come up a lot in hmm. conversations about your, your weekly meetings or yearly well, meetings? I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's a great point, Magnus. So there's an element of people who go to retire who don't have this planned out very well. That's an understatement. And they're really anxious to go back to work because they don't know what they're going to do with the rest of their life. So, I mean, I, I will tell you, I had an Uber driver. Uh, last year and the man was driving and taking me to the airport and we're having a conversation and he had retired two weeks before and he's already working. And I said, wow, it didn't take you long to get back. He said, well, my wife and I had a discussion. She said, either I go back to work or she'll kill him with my choice. <laughs> I said, who hurt? But uh, he said, yeah, but real. He said, so I chose work. And I said, well, that's smart. Anyway, but but his point was, I don't know what to do, and I haven't thought about it. So now I Uber drive. He was a national sales man for a large corporation and traveled the world, basically. And he was sitting in Canton, Ohio, where I lived, doing nothing. It was driving him crazy. So this was a, a real positive for him to go back to work because he could socialize and get some of the things that work used to give him. Uh, also, uh, the schedule life. We've been, you know, 40, 50 some years of being in a schedule life. I'm like 30 some years into the schedule life. How is it that is it really that hard to change the mindset of not having to have a schedule or how how important is it to have a schedule while while planning for. Boy, did you hit that button. So in my 
book or tire the three P's that will keep you young. One of the chapters in that book is all about scheduling and planning out what you're really going to do. In fact, the three P's are purpose, passion, and a plan. And Magnus, what I've found is my most successful retirees have purpose, what they're going to do for other people, passion, what they do for themselves, mm -hmm. and a plan, how they're going to manage their time. Because all of a sudden, it used to be five days of work, two days off. Now it's seven days off. That's a big difference. That's mm -hmm. a lot of hours to fill. So I think scheduling is critically important. In fact, I would tell you that's one of the most important things of all of it, because if you don't have that, there's a good chance you're going to be pretty depressed and, and things aren't going to go the way you want them to go. Okay. Well, that, that clears a lot of things up, especially for now. And you did mention we're going to actually, well, it's almost time for a break in a couple minutes, but we're going to get into your books though. But that's a great, that's a great segment right there of actually having the passion and the purpose and a plan for that, because <clears throat> a lot of people don't, don't do that anymore. And uh, roughly how much do you see that do not do that out of your clients? Wow. Uh, most, uh, unfortunately. And, and then we have a discussion. So one of the cool things, Magnus, is I get to meet with them, begin to prepare them for retirement. And one of my preparations isn't so much money at all. It's about the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. And so I will talk to them. And I've been doing this for so many years before I wrote the book because I just knew it was really important. And I would see clients that were successfully retired and they seemed very happy. And then I'd see others that were dismal. And I said, what's the difference? Well, the difference was how well they planned their future, what that looks like. So the guy that was going to take a month's vacation in Italy, miserable retirement because he didn't have anything else figured out. And after one month, you know, it was just not going well. Mm -hmm. Another guy, his wife literally booted him out of the house during <laughs> the day because she didn't want him in there. I mean, <laughs> so it's really important that people think through this. It's not, uh, <clears throat> it's not without effort. Okay. Uh, so even though we're this change in life, it, it is really a change in life and how your dynamics and whatnot, what, it, how, how early is it to plan for this? Well, it's funny. I just had, <laughs> you'll like this, Mike. I had a meeting with a 30 year old and the 30 year old, he and his wife are there and they're talking to me about retirement, which I thought really amusing, but I thought, great, we'll talk about it. And they said, listen, we know we're 30 and we're not going to retire, but what's something we could do to help us prepare for the future besides saving money? <clears throat> I thought, wow, what an interesting question from 30-year-olds. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, you should do something called create a wish list. And they said, what's a wish list? And I said, well, there's probably a movie you never saw with Jack Nicholson and Morgan Freeman. But anyhow, it was a bucket list. And I said, bucket list, negative, they died. Wish list is what you wish you're doing. And they said, well, how would that work? I said, well, while you're working, write down everything you wish you were doing, but you couldn't because you were working. I said, and keep a running total of what those wishes are. And I said, you'll build some kind of a format that you'll be able to use later on in life that will really help you when you approach retirement. Oh, wow. That is extremely outside the box thinking right there. You know, thinking for a while you're living. Um not a lot of people think about that. Like you're saying, even 30-year-olds or 18-year-olds now, it's like, okay, well, I'm starting now. When can I retire? Because I can get out of this, <laughs> get out of the work environment. Um, <clears throat> but that is phenomenal that people, that they actually came to you and said that. And a lot of people um, thinking that are out there listening right now, 
you know, that's something I actually look forward to is live now while in your means and still saving for that better tomorrow. Absolutely. And if you do that, I mean, the people who have actually done that. So I had a client and this is a good story. He's an electrician for a large corporation. had been there for 30 years. And about five years ago, he came to me and said, Gary, when I hit 65, I'm done. Great. He said, my pension's here, my union pension, all that stuff. He said, we added up the math. The math was great. And he said, here's the question. What do I do with the rest of my life? And I said, well, Dave, here's the answer. What did you like doing when you were in your 20s and your 30s when you were a kid? And he said, well, you know, it's funny you asked that. He said, I love to play golf. I don't get to play anymore. I said, well, that's one. And so we went through a list. We figured out five things that he didn't really get to do when he was working that he really enjoyed doing. One of was fishing. So he now has a fishing boat. He goes out fishing. He's got buddies he fishes with. I mean, he's really happy. I saw him probably three months ago, and he just came in to check in and say, Gary, this has been so awesome. And he just wanted to thank me, which I thought was nice. That's that's a great story. Uh, Because we don't really look back in our lives for those type of things that we want to do. It's more or less times flying by so fast. You know, we're just swept up in the moment. And now the digital age. Now, how many, um, this will be a, like our last question before we go away because it's already, we're already halfway through the show. And we're still talking about this giant topic of retirement. Um, the kids nowadays and the, the generation now that are constantly in involved with the, the technology, how do you see their, how do they present themselves to you when they come to you and ask for these things? Well, it's there's, it's quite a smorgasbord. I mean, we have everything from uh, A to Z with that because some of the, well, I have a great example. I have a young man coming tomorrow. He's been in the tech industry for eh, 15 years, so he must be 40. And he's coming in and we're talking about his retirement. And I asked him what he's been doing. And he said, Gary, the only thing I've ever had time to do because of what I do is do my 401k. He said, I've never done anything but that. I haven't even spent any time. I don't even know what that's invested in. In fact, he's coming in to see me so we can figure out what to move his money to inside the 401k. He said, I just threw it in there and said, oh, I'll deal with this later. But with his family, his life and everything going on, he said, I just haven't had any time to spend any, any quality thought on how do I set up my future. The exception though, is I had somebody who was 23 years old, just had his first job and he's already <laughs> saving money with me because he realized they're paying him 10 grand more than he needed. And he said, you know, I'm, I got 10,000 that I didn't need. So I'm going to start putting that away. So we used the target date mutual fund for him and said, okay, let's retire you at 60. And he'll be able to do that because anyone at 23 that's saving 10 grand is going to be in good shape. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's outside his 401k. And he said, yeah, I really want to do that. So he is all over it, Magnus. He's checking. I mean, the mutual funds we picked out, everything we did, he really paid a close attention, did some homework, came back and said, you know, this is a great middle of the road, doesn't get killed in a bad market, doesn't do phenomenal in a good market, just makes money. I said, yep, yeah, that works. Wow. That's, that's a great, those are both great um, scenarios right there uh, of some of your clients. And, you know, we're going to take a quick break uh, because we cut so much already of what, of people that do invest that don't invest that, you know, plan out, plan out the, the retirement and ones that don't. And we're actually going to come back in a, in a couple of 
brief moments. And we're going to go a little bit more into your books because after we talk about the uh, the book of uh, retiring and not dying, I'm kind of curious about what uh, whether what other <laughs> little tidbits are in there. Uh, thank you for tuning in at the moment, and we're going to be back right after these uh, this short break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. Everyone deserves the opportunity to have access to the knowledge to make their own choices when it comes to where their money goes. Listening to Making More Money for You with Magnus Carter will give you that access. Investing isn't just for the wealthy. Making More Money for You, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Making More Money for You with Magnus Carter. If you have any questions for Magnus or his guests, join us on the show at 866-472-5789. That's 866-472-5789. Now back to the show. Here is Magnus Carter. Welcome back, everyone, or or welcome to the show. If you're just tuning in, I have a special guest, Gary Sirak of Sirak Financial Services, the president of Sirak Financial Services, uh, which has over 40 years of experience in the financial planning uh, field. Uh, we were talking about the planning, uh, the not planning, uh, some of the results of both of those both of those scenarios when looking to retire. Gary, welcome back to the Thank show. Thank you, Magnus. Uh, we did talk a little bit about your one book, How to Retire and Not Die, with the three Ps. Um, can we briefly go over what the plan, purpose, and uh, what was the third Passion. one that we talked Passion. about? Passion. Okay. <laughs> uh, can we quick give a slight overview of what that is uh, in case the two listeners are just tuning sure. in? So the three Ps are basically purpose, what you do for other people, passion what you do for yourself and playing is you've got to have a plan to execute those two purpose and passion you've got to have a schedule you've got to have something set up to give fulfillment oh fantastic uh a lot of things that are actually over overlooked while living a day-to-day life and once the the day-to-day stops and you're actually in a day and you don't know what to do with yourself you know this planning uh for passion and for purpose will help alleviate those things and help 
keep the time flowing by and making yourself feel um, useful, I guess is a good word for that, I, or productive. A great word. And I, I, I will give you an experience that just happened that I still can't get my arms wrapped around. Uh, probably a month ago, a client of mine who I've known for quite a while is retiring, and he came in, we've had discussions, and I said, so what have you decided to do in your retirement? He said, oh, it's really easy. And I said, great. He said, I'm going to binge watch NCIS. <laughs> and, I, and I looked at him, I said, what? And he said, no, I really am. He said, I've never gotten to watch it. I'm going to watch every season, every NCIS. And that's the first thing I'm doing on my list. And I said, okay, that's sitting on a couch for like weeks, months. I mean, there's a lot of NCIS. It's 20 years times how many episodes plus all the other ones. And I said, are you serious? He said, oh, I've never been more serious in my whole life. That was his retirement plan. And I, Magnus, I still don't know what to say. I just say, huh, that's interesting. So yeah. <laughs> well, while watching that, I hope he has a good Uber service <laughs> <laughs> or, or food delivery presets well, nearby. He makes chocolate chip cookies. They're very good. I'm afraid he's going to be eating a lot of his own chocolate chips. But anyway, <laughs> uh, but I'm going to stay away from that. That gets personal stuff. So. Yeah. Oh, I completely understand. And, you know, we have these other two books that you've written. Uh, if your money talked, what secrets would it tell you? What is the premise behind that that book? Well, when I was early in my career, I realized that no one was teaching anyone about money mm -hmm. and how money really worked. It wasn't in the school system. The parents weren't teaching it. There just wasn't much information out there helping people really understand what money is about, how to use money, what it's really for. And so that was really bothering me. And I just felt like there's an education piece that was missing. And so I wrote the book and I used a bunch of stories, real clients. I changed all their names and all their professions so they couldn't sue me. And I told their train wreck stories and said, listen, this is what they did. And then I gave some secrets to fix that and, and some things they should do for themselves and avoid those uh, mistakes <laughs> that I highlighted in my book. Oh, fantastic. So that's definitely another, and that's a great book to search out, especially uh, when you're starting to take accountability for your spending now. Um, just like that, uh, the ones, you know, the small, I've been finding talking with people and listeners and people that read my books and actually comment on the show is changing the smallest deal is having a giant impact on their lives. You know, it, it's, it's a it's astounding because they change one thing, then they want to change another little thing. Then we get the snowball effect going on. Have you started seeing that as well with your clients when they first come to where they're at now? Absolutely. Oh yeah, absolutely. They, they do a little bit, and then they say, "Well, we'll try this and see if we like." It. I said, "Okay." And then they come back and they say, "Well, we really like that. What can we do more?" Yes, absolutely. Have had a positive effect, and 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 again with the book and everything. I, I, it's really important for people to just not try and do it all at once. I think too many people say, oh, I'm going to do everything. And that just doesn't work. Small steps are really the proper way to approach it, I think. I've been finding the same thing because I, I remember reading this with Charles Barkley when he first started out in, in basketball. A coach wanted him to lose about 80 pounds, but he didn't go out and tell him he had to lose 80 pounds. He told him, go lose 10 pounds. He came back, lost 10 pounds. Okay, now go lose five pounds. He did it like small increments like that. And before, like, with a year, he lost the 80 pounds, and his stats went through the roof. Um, 
and the story definitely reflects what we're talking about not only in finances but in our personal lives and also our work lives is these little things that we keep changing keep on and have better end. oh yeah 100 agreement with you and that's really the goal that's why i've written all my books i i really just wanted to see if i could impact um something that took me years to figure out on my own and if i could pass that in other pages how could cool that be? And so the the reality of it is, if you can help somebody, it, it's just very rewarding. I mean, you know, you're, I'm not going to get rich as an author. I never, <laughs> yeah, I'm not John Grisham or Lee Child or, you know, that isn't going to happen. But if I can just impact people in a positive way, and I'm sure that's why you wrote your books. Yes. It, why we do what we do, because you just want to help people make changes. In a, and if you can be a part of that, wow, that's pretty rewarding. Oh, I agree with you 100%. If I'm not so much um, about the success of the financial success of the books, I'm more into helping the people get their finance success stop. And I've been noticed a lot as when I'm traveling as a person, I'm an IT person by trade, and traveling all over the country, it was the same conversations in every single place I've been. Uh, whether it was an airport what, or a restaurant or actually at work itself is these same conversations keep coming up and no one, nobody knows or they didn't know how to alleviate the issues or actually where to start. I, I feel the same way. And, and that's why I wrote, if your money talks, because people say, well, how do I start? How do I get out of my credit card? I said, well, read the book. I'll give you some clues and some tips. And if you act this, you will get out of credit card damage. You just need to do these few things. And one of them, they're always stunned. They said, I want to see, I want you to write down everything you spend the entire month. I want you to write down every charge. I don't care if it was buying a soda or a milkshake or whatever you did. If you went to Starbucks for coffee, I want to, I want to see what your monthly budget looks like. The next thing I have them do is start paying with cash instead of their credit card. I said, your credit card is for emergency. Only put enough cash in your pocket to handle anything mm -hmm. you need to buy. And when you run out of cash, don't buy anything. <laughs> that all <laughs> takes them up. So what if that happens in two days? I said, well, then you have five days to take off. Anyway, <laughs> you know, you'll figure that out. But it's funny when I got them to actually do that, what happened and, and what they learned. So it's hard and tough and I get all that, but it really did make a big difference. Oh, I, uh, one of the shows uh, that I've done before was uh, how board games affected our lives. Because we, if you think about it, we still treat money as if we were playing a board game. You know, no consequences afterwards. We'll, we'll always have a credit card or we'll, we can always get money through a loan or something else and not take accountability for it. But like you're saying, as we start using the cash and actually feeling the money leave our hand and get um, either the satisfaction or dissatisfaction of spending the money when the uh the brain stimulation happens totally and and one of the other principles that i've always stressed with my clients there's a tendency for people to want to um appear richer than they are mm -hmm. to keep up with whomever and and they have a tendency to overspend i've seen it put on mortgages cars clothing whatever they're doing wine shoes, purses. Um, it always astounds me how people have a tendency to think that really matters. 
And I just shake my head and think, wow, that just doesn't really matter. <laughs> I've never been impressed. I, I see some people, I'll never forget when I was very young, there was a guy I knew that was driving a Mercedes. And I talked to somebody and said, boy, he must be doing really well. He said, no, he just leases the car and he looks like he's very, very successful, but he's not. I said, oh, okay, great lesson I learned on that one. Oh, exactly. I've seen that countless times throughout my my tenure on this planet. And it, it's con and what's social media affecting everything and, and the, I guess, the dopamine effect, if you will, of instant gratification of buying it right away and waiting to save up for the cash. And I, I've seen that quite a lot. So when we're taking money out of out of our paychecks and whatnot, instead of putting it away for, you know, the the later later years, how how is the quality of life of the people that actually are doing this now when they do hit retirement? If they don't have enough cash at retirement, they're clearly going to be stressed. And, and I've witnessed that firsthand sitting in my office where somebody said, well, I want to retire. And I said, yeah, you can't. It's what do you mean? I said, the way you spend money and where you're debt structures, you need to keep working because you do not have any of these problems solved and you don't have enough money in the bank to solve them. Therefore, you need to keep working. That's not a fun conversation. Uh, the other side of it is when they do the right things, people walk in and say, well, I'm thinking about retiring. I said, okay, if you're thinking about it, would you like to retire sooner or later? And I said, well, sooner. I said, well, how about tomorrow? And they say, what do you mean? I said, well, you have enough money that you've assembled, you've done the right things. You can literally quit tomorrow and be close to what you earned income-wise. I said, how does that sound? They're pretty freaked out, but it's amazing how many people have come to my <laughs> office. And I'm sure there's a lot of bosses that hate me, but <laughs> I've retired a bunch of people by saying, hey, you've really done what you needed to do. If you want to do something else, this is a good time to do it. So it really runs both ways, if that makes sense. It does. It does make sense a lot, especially for the people that, that don't realize it because one, they never had the money to spend because it was already taken out of their out of the their wages or however they were um, investing um, compared to getting everything all at once and then spending it and say, oh, well, I have nothing for later. And the ones that are going to be that are working now that are still trying to, you know, pay their medical bills, they're trying to um, just function as a part of society you know, part of life on everyday life. And, and I, I warn my clients that are successful, how their friends aren't going to be their friends anymore. Mm -hmm. They're going to really resent them. And they look at me kind of funny. And I said, no, they really want to I say, well, why? I said, because you're successful, you have plenty of money and they're not going to be able to run with you. And that's going to really irritate them. And they're not going to like you anymore. And they think, yeah, that doesn't make sense. And I said, yeah, it will soon. And then they come back and say, boy, were you right? And I said, yeah, I know. Been doing this a while. <laughs> well, that's another good uh, good uh, segue to is your so um, who you keep company with, your social standings, uh, your your peers, and who you actually associate with. Uh, have you seen when people are in a group mentality like that, that a lot of people try to stay in that same group and don't tend to leave that for a better for a better retirement? Uh, yes, and that will run them right into the ground. Um, I, I had a neighbor here that I didn't know him real well, but I knew he overspent to be in the neighborhood. Um, and we have a nice neighborhood. He overspent, and he was doing all these flashy things, trying to hang out with this group. I'm not sure what he thought was going to happen, 
But what eventually happened is that he couldn't run with them anymore because they were rich and he wasn't. But he pretended to be rich until he got in trouble and then he disappeared. Um, the house was sold. Everything kind of went the wrong way. And I really, like I said, I didn't really know him, but I observed from afar what went down. And I just said, eh, this is a good lesson. I will observe this and remember this one because it was painful to watch what happened. I mean, yeah, you see him move in and you see them move out. So, Well, with that, uh, what are some tell sign, telltale signs that you start to see your life deteriorate because of that, because of overspending? Well, you're... You're using, well, I'll give you a great example. I have a friend of mine. He was a dentist. He passed away, unfortunately. But at one point, he had 10 credit cards maxed out at 10000 piece. And every year we would have our meeting and we would go through his finances and we would assess things. And he was paying, uh, gosh, probably 15% interest on these credit cards. Wow. So fifteen grand a year on a $100,000 loan. And I just kept having a problem with it and he didn't seem to have much of a problem with it. And I said, I don't understand why this doesn't bother you more than it bothers <laughs> tremendously. And he said, yeah, I'm okay. And I said, how can you say that? He said, well, you know, I, he said, you know, I just pay the interest and that's what it is. And I'll just pay the interest and it'll just be a credit loan. And, and that's how I'm treating. And I said, yeah, these guys charge you a lot of money. And he said, no, I'm good. And I said, okay. Here's what blew me away as he was walking out the door. He said, oh, by the way, Gary said, I'm going to Disney World next week. I said, really? That's nice. And he said, yeah. He said, I'm taking the family down. He said, I just got a new credit card from somebody and I put a thousand dollar max on it. And I looked at him and I said, what planet are you on? But you know what? He went to Disney and did his thing. And I, it always astounded me. He decided that he was going to live off credit cards. And, and that's what he did. Okay. Oh, that that is an option. It's not a very good option, yeah. Especially when you're paying, you know, fifteen all the way up to twenty five percent interest on those on those things. If you you miss a payment, it's twenty five percent or the max right out the bat, and they don't care, and it won't Real? go down ever. Yeah, it was it was one of the most bizarre. And and again, I grew up with him, and I just said, boy. Where did you get your financial training? And anyhow, we had some interesting discussions, but ultimately it was his money, his choice. Right. And I just said, okay. And so we monitored it and, you know, that's what happened. Okay. Uh, with what advice do you give people that are starting out? Just I, save 15%. I like that number. Okay. 15% somewhere between your 401k, your personal savings. You're going to have a pretty good life. You're, you're going to be in really pretty good shape. And that number has worked for me throughout my entire career. I've lived on that number probably 30 some years. And I haven't been disappointed by it. It's, it's come through uh, good times and bad times. It still seems to work well. And I haven't had anything really change my mind about that number. So I think that's really important. How you do it between your IRA, your 401k, your Roth IRA, your life insurance, whatever it is you're putting money into, it doesn't matter just so the number's a, a good number. And then you start doing that, you're going to be in pretty good shape down the road. Your friends aren't going to like it because you're going to be a lot better off than they are. <laughs> okay. Now you're saying the 15, that you haven't seen any difference. In this same time, inflation has been ridiculous. Uh, and have you seen, have you even thought about raising that? number to maybe 18 percent just to compensate for that 
Yeah, I, I thought about that a little bit, but I also thought, okay, it's running high now, but what's it going to be like six months from now? What, what's the real number going to get down to that makes sense? I, I don't think where we're running now is where we're going to end up. It's, it's right. too high of a number. So I do see that adjusting. And and then maybe I'll adjust my number up a notch or something, and, and we'll see. But I'm going to wait and let the dust clear before I make that decision because we've had inflation before in my life, and <laughs> and my number and the number worked. So I said, okay, I've been in inflation before. I've been doing this a long time. I mean, my first mortgage is 14%, and I thought, whoa, that was killer. Wow. Um, Yes, yeah, so I, I kind of have some experience with that, and that number has been okay for the long haul. Oh, for the long haul, okay. Yeah, this is definitely not planning for the short term, the middle term. We're talking actually multiple years, decades. Yes, you know, for for planning. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, short term, obviously, there's other things you can do, <laughs> but I don't know how you make money doing stuff short term today. I don't even know where you'd go because there's nothing short term that really gets close to nine percent. Impossible. No, uh, the bond, even the bonds they raised and the interest rate and all that stuff were raised up just a little bit. There's, there's nothing even that comes close to even over five percent. No, out there. Yep, that's kind of our world. So, okay, all right, that's that's wonderful. Um, you know, these little tidbits and, and tricks, uh, not really tricks, but you know, mindset that we have to get ourselves into. Uh, what have you found is the best way to get a person's mindset to actually focus on this? Well, a couple things. I, I ask them to look at people, and it's kind of a unique thing. I tell people who are thinking about retirement, even younger people, to observe people that are happily retired. And I said, so you're really looking for someone who seems to have retirement figured out. I refer to them as retirement mentors. And the reason I do that is because of the fact that they're managing their retirement that means financially doing okay. It'd be good to have a conversation with them and ask them, what did you do to become successful that you can have a happier, successful, you know, long-term retirement without stress over money? That's a great question to ask someone who's successful. And so I think through that, I also look at the idea that retirement mentors have retirement figured out. They seem to manage their time, their social life, their activities, their purpose, their passion. But they also have managed the financial side of it, and they are living within their means. Whatever those means are, Magnus, and it could be anything. I mean, I have some people that retire on not much money and people retire on a boatload of money. As long as they're living within their means, it works out quite well. They have managed to do that. Not everyone has that skill set. Okay. Well, that's that's excellent right there. But one on our final notes here before we close out, uh, it's our, yeah, we have like four, four and a half minutes left. I can't believe it already. Um, one question I do have, and we'll end on this note before closing is how do we determine success in financial planning for retirement? Actually three minutes left. Sorry. <laughs> okay. So success for me, it, it's a relative term because everybody has a different mm -hmm. number. Right. Everyone has a different goal, but what I really look at when I get to retirement and, and I'll use an example of someone we worked with this. They brought everything in, their finances, everything they had, their 401 personal money, inheritance. And when we were done, we were able to get within about 10000 of what they were living on without having to work. To me, that's a really successful retirement. Now, we took Social Security into account, but I thought to myself, if you can get within 10 grand of you working 40 hours a week doing what you're doing and you're within $10,000, 800 bucks a month, that is pretty good. 
So I feel like that's a very successful retirement. Now, inflation, everything else kicks in, but also their investments could be stagnant. Mm -hmm. They're going to move up. And I feel like that's a pretty good number. Now, if you are 10,000 over, you're better off, of course. But, right. but the point is, everyone has their own bogey and they have to figure that out. And then you have to see where they are. And sometimes you have to adjust your numbers. I, I mean, I had one guy, his, his numbers were ridiculously high. Reality was a fraction of what he was asking for. And when we really got there, he said, you know, I guess I was always shooting too high. And I said, yeah, for the moon. And I said, you hit Canton, but that's not the moon. So um, that's kind of where we are. You just have to make a decision. Okay, this is what I have. Do I want to keep working and build up more or do I want to live within my means? And that's really the key to it. Your question really is answered by living within your means, whatever those are. Okay, that's wonderful. Uh, Gary, thank you for being on the show. Uh, we're already out of time, but before we go, is how can my the listeners contact you if they want to learn more or get your financial services to start planning their future? Sure. Uh, GarySirac.com is the easiest way to get me, and uh, that works. And if they're interested in the book, it's on Amazon, my website. Uh, those are there. And, you know, we're always <laughs> online doing. <laughs> okay. That's wonderful. Everybody, thank you for tuning in. Uh, my guest, Gary Sirak uh, of Sirak Financial Services. Uh, we want to thank you, uh, hands down, for actually answering a lot of questions out there that a lot of people have. Uh, we have to actually end the show right now because uh, I'm being told we're, we've uh, reached our limit. Uh <laughs> Thank you for tuning in one and all. And uh, next week we'll come back with some more great content and uh, get out there. Enjoy the rest of summer before when, before the fall weather gets here in the short days. <laughs> uh, thank you uh, once again, Gary. And uh, thank you everyone else. So we're going to uh, close out for the day. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Making More Money for You with Magnus Carter on the Voice America Business Channel. We look forward to the next show where we will be making more money for you. Until then, have a fantastic week.